Hi, I'm Ramsey Mills, co-wine leader for Shields. You're listening to the Shields Outdoor Podcast. Welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about turkey hunting, and we have a pretty epic story for you. For those of you that are into turkey hunting, you're going to absolutely love this. And for those that are interested in turkey hunting, you're going to have to listen to this one. We're going to get you to pick up a shotgun or a bow and get out into the woods. Today we have with us Ramsey Mills, co-line leader for Shields. Ramsey, how you doing today? Doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, thanks for being here. So last year you had a pretty incredible turkey season and you've done something that not a whole lot of people have done. And that is an in-season slam. So for those of you that don't know what an in-season slam is, there's subspecies of turkeys and you went and you got every single subspecies in North America. So congratulations, man. That was, that's pretty cool. Thanks, man. That, to be honest with you, that wasn't really the plan going into 2021. It just, it's just kind of one of those deals that kind of freakishly happened. So it was pretty fun and I'm pretty happy and really excited about it. I'm actually really excited to get back all the mounts for it because I got them all mounted so I could kind of relive that memory day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the great thing about getting getting those mounts. Like, you know, they're there forever. You walk into the room and you see them and it just brings back all those memories of just incredible hunts. Yep, and it was fun because uh, you actually got to be the part of the end of it, which would even made it even more fun. So it was really cool that we're getting to do this now. So yep, it's yeah, yeah, exclamation point to the end of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's exciting that you got that, but like, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to get to part four of the slam where where I'm actually a part of it. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll start. Uh, let's start with the first bird. So that one was in Florida, right? Right. And that wasn't my intention to go after the Florida bird. Uh, I actually had a bear hunt scheduled for Alberta, and because of COVID, I had a little bit of a change of plans. I had to keep it localized, and I had a buddy of mine that had some access to some land in uh, Florida, and he called me and asked me if I'd be interested. And I figured I already had the money saved for the bear hunt, so I just had to reinvest my time and efforts and figure out if it worked in my schedule. And next thing I know, I was down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of people out there that, you know, you have a hunt planned and then something got canceled. Like I know I was I was planning on going to Lake Winnipeg and do some ice fishing for greenbacks and that ended up getting canceled. But, uh, you know, I just had to roll it over into the next year. But you, you just kind of shifted it over and OK, I'm going I'm going to hunt turkeys in Florida, which is, you know, that's pretty cool. What uh, what's it like hunting in Florida? Well, I went opening weekend and the birds were quiet. There were a lot of them, but they were quiet. So there was no goblin. It was just basically locating and trying to get in front of their path. And everybody weren't decoying or even having hens or anything. It was a lot of lone gobblers just kind of wandering and not really doing anything. And got down there and it was completely different hunting. I mean, it was warm, uh, a little humid. And uh, it just, it just, it made for a good, a good different type of hunt for turkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely something I've never experienced before. Turkey hunting in Florida, and like, you know, I, I've been to Florida before, but uh, yeah, just a just a totally different type of scenery. And that one's uh, Osceola's, correct, down right. in Florida. 
Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the mentality of an Osceola bird versus like an Eastern or a Merriam? Smaller bird. Um, not as vocal. I thought I'd go down there and they'd be like really going and they weren't. But they'd also had a lot of weather change. So they're just like every other bird or animal that you hunt. I mean, the weather basically helps decide whether they're not going to be, they're going to go in and they're going to go in or out or do what they're going to do. And it's just, it was different. I was more worried about like snakes and spiders and an alligator going to come out of the swamp behind me. And I I was like watching my back and looking to make sure I didn't sit on a snake (laughs) or some type of spider was going to bite me. And I was kind of freaked out about all that the first couple of days. And then I realized that I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm good. Just, Mm -hmm. just turkey hunting, just do what you do. And ended up getting lucky and driving into the gate one morning and uh he actually caught a big tom walking across the field in the open and got out and parked the truck right there at the gate and did a long hike around to get in front of him and he ended up walking by less than 60 yards and next thing you know i was done there you go yeah better to be lucky than good sometimes and i think that's especially true in turkey hunting yep especially when they're not vocal and you really don't know how to pattern them and stuff like that and you've only been there for a couple days and I just really wanted to make sure I got this off my list and kind of got lucky and it happened and just driving in and parking and be like, Hey, right there, not strutting or anything. You just kind of cruising across the pasture. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Did you have like decoys set up yet or nope. you... we didn't even get decoys set up. We just went and sat by a big tree that he was kind of headed at and kind of got on the other side of it. And he didn't see us sit down. And next thing I you know, he come up over the ridge and walked right out in front of me. I think it was about 58 yards and, TSS and a full choke do his wonder. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got opened up to TSS this past year, and yeah, it definitely increases your your effective range and, and your confidence in it too. I mean, obviously, you got to make sure and shoot and know where you're patterning and stuff. But you know, you, you load that TSS in, and yep. and you just feel a little more confident. Like I'm gonna get this done. Yeah, it'll be funny as we get into the later in these little stories here, and there's some of them we don't even need TSS for because it's so close. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, yeah, that's cool. So we got uh, we got bird number one down in Florida, and at this point, you're you're not even really thinking about the in season slam, right? No, I just at this point I knew that I, you know what, I already have my slam. It just may not be in a season because I needed all I needed was the Osceola with all my past turkey shoots. Mm-hmm. I've shot every other bird, but this one. So I okay. knew I was in pretty good state, situation here, and I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of cool. I got this done. So I knew I already had a Minnesota tag. As I'm flying home from Florida. I go, I have a Minnesota tag. I have a Nebraska tag. All I'm missing really is a Wyoming tag or a Colorado tag or a Montana tag. So I started doing a little bit of research, and I found a place to go in Wyoming. So when I found that place and I called and they got me in, it was actually one of those deals. They called me on a Wednesday and said, hey, we had a cancellation. Could you come? So I ended up going on a Friday. Um, I think this was in April. Went on a Friday, hunted Saturday morning, 15 minutes after the sunlight, I was done. (laughs) Bird gobbled on the side of the hill from the roost, came down. I gave a couple clucks, came down. Jumped on my hen decoy and it was over. I watched it for a little bit and 15 minutes is eight hour drive for a 15 minute hunt. That's crazy. And you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes. Yep. So talk to us a little bit about the setup that you were in there where you had that success. Uh, Off of a ridge, um, south facing ridge. 
I knew it would be south facing because as the sun's coming up, it was a little bit cooler and frosty that morning. So I just had a feeder hand. I'm a huge Dave Smith advocate. So I had a heater, feeder hand, I had an upright hand, and then I had a half strut Jake out. Um, not really full strutting because the night before we didn't see any birds strutting or anything. They were just gobbling, but they weren't strutting and really chasing or doing any of that fun stuff. So I got set up and uh, it was pitch black out, and I had all kinds of deer walking by me and looking at my deer decoys. And as soon as the sun started to bright, kind of just pop through a little bit, you started hearing gobbles, and they weren't very far away. You could tell they were on the, we were on the right side of the ridge, and I uh, just gave a couple real soft purrs, seeing if I could get him to call back, and he did. And then I gave a couple more soft purrs. He called, called back again. Uh, and then I gave a real good, like, just hand call to really give a location. Mm -hmm. And he really bellowed out. Next thing I knew, I sun's coming up more, and I can hear the I can hear the wings hitting the ground, and he was on the ground. And then he kind of got quiet. And then once he hit the top of the ridge, because he was on the ridge next to me, he hit the ridge as he was coming down. He really let me know that he was there, and I kind of gave him real soft purrs, and he came running in. Okay. So when the hens came following behind him, so he was really looking for her, and kind of worked out real well for me. So. Yeah, no kidding. So um, I'd like to I'd like to back up a little bit and talk about like your calling strategy. So so you were calling to those birds when they were still up on the roost, yeah. right? So how much do you call when they're on the roost, and how do you know like when is enough or when is too much? I don't call too much on the roost. I just kind of like to locate the birds when I'm in there, whether it's a purr or a cluck or just just your normal call. Um, once they hit the ground, is where you can really tell. Because most of the birds early in the season, they'll, they'll gobble and make noise in the trees. But once they hit the ground, they're quiet. you got to kind of gotta watch the mood of the bird. So, And you can usually tell by the night before if they're calling on the ground or they're vocal on the ground when you're roosting birds or you're kind of locating them. You can see what their activity is like. But if they're quiet once they hit the ground, don't call that much. you just got to kind of let them do their thing. I got kind of lucky that morning where the, he kind of called back and he really wanted to be active. Mm -hmm. So kind of goes with my Nebraska hunt, which is the next bird, which I shot the next weekend. Um, it was the same way. I drove seven hours to get to Nebraska, and I'm on the Nebraska-Kansas border, and same thing. Located them, set up, came in, seven-hour drive, 15-minute hunt. So back-to-back <laughs> yeah, weekends cause it kind of worked. Yep. And do, do you notice that to be a little bit more of a trend in the early season versus the late season? Uh, depends on hunting pressure. So the hunting pressure has a lot to do with it. So if you got a lot of guys out there turkey hunting and chasing them around from spot to spot, you're not going to get a bird to cooperate and call and communicate with you. Um, predators. Predators have a lot to do with it, too. If you got a big predator problem, they're not going to call because they don't want to be located. So it all depends on that. So it just depends on where you're at. Mm -hmm. luckily, yeah. I, luckily, I got lucky and had a couple of places with private ground that didn't have a whole lot of hunters on them, so made things a little bit easier. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. And what did you have for a decoy setup for bird number three in Nebraska? Same setup, uh, half strut Jake. Um, I had half strut Jake, and then I had the upright hen, and then I had the feeder hen off to the side, kind of. And he was kind of, I put kind of positioned the strutter behind, not the strutter, the half strut behind the upright, kind of like he was following her, and then kind of had to feed her off to the side. Okay, very nice. And 15 minutes again. Yep. <laughs> that one's kind of fun, though, because 
I didn't actually shoot that one with a shotgun. I actually shot it with a crossbow, so I got him into like five yards. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he only went about two more steps and fell over, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So bird number one, 58 yards. Yep. Bird number two, like 15. Oh, if that. Probably okay. more like 10. Like 10. And bird number three, five yards. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So what is it like hunting with a crossbow versus a shotgun, and which one do you prefer? Oh, man, I prefer to shoot them in the face with a shotgun. There's <laughs> nothing better than shooting a turkey in the face, man. They're meant to be. That's meant to. That's what it's supposed to be. Yep. You know what? I'm going to agree with you 100% there. Like, I'm a bow hunter through and through. Like, I started with a rifle, and then, like, about mm, three or four years into my hunting career, I I was like, I need to get out more than once once a year for like a couple of days it's like okay so i can pick up a bow and then i can hunt for three four months you know i can learn a lot about the animal and the interactions and stuff like that so like basically every animal i want to shoot with a bow but then i get to turkey hunting and there's just something about blasting them in the face that's you know it's Oh, I don't know. There's yeah. just something to it. And I think just about everybody will understand that too. It's just, uh, yeah. it, it's so much more effective because like turkey hunting with a bow is, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, if you want a challenge, go do it with a bow. If you want like an insane challenge, do it with a recurve. Yep. But um, just, just the lethality of it. So like, you know, like you get them, it's done. Cause like you have to hit, you have to hit a spot that's like smaller than a baseball with a bow. And if you're like, half an inch off like you're probably not going to find that bird right so and that's that's one thing where like if i'm going to archery hunt with it again i'll probably do one of those like decap broadheads so then you kind of have that same mentality as your shotgun like you're going to get them or you're not yeah that's a lot of fun too but limited amount of time i'm a re i work in retail you only have a limited amount of time so usually i'm really when i'm hunting turkeys i'm in it to get it done so it's one of those times I are limited amount of time, best option to use. I'm shotgunning them every day. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, <clears throat> got three birds down. So now this uh, this in season slam is like a definite reality because it's like, okay, your last tag is a Minnesota tag, mm-hmm. and how how much time do you have left at this point? Well, if we go back before, so when I got done with my Florida hunt. I already had a Minnesota tag, so I'd already been once for Minnesota, and I struck out. I didn't. I had birds that had all kinds of hang-up problems. I had them get caught on the highway. I had them get caught on the fence. I had a predator problem run in. I had all kinds of issues. I ran into a tick patch where I ran into a lot of ticks, and then I just Minnesota wasn't working out. So I went and did the other two hunts, and I'm I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, I'm I got three of the birds done. What am I going to do? So I called. Our other turkey expert inside of Shields, I called Ben and I said, hey, I'm struggling to get this fourth bird. He goes, call Mike Anderson. <laughs> I, go, I go, really? And he goes, yeah, he's got a couple places and I'm sure he'll help you out here as soon as you tell him what the story is. And he's like, call Mike. So I called my, I called you. Yep. And you're like, oh, yeah. So give me, you go, give me a minute. I go, I'll call you back. I got a couple options, but I really want to check these spots out and I need to call some people. So I waited on you and I was checking on a couple other spots and see if I could get in on them and they'd already been hunted pretty hard and there'd been birds killed off of them and I'm like ah that's gonna be tough and I only had a couple weekends to make this happen 
So and you called me on the first one, and you said you went up there, and your mom had already shot a bird, and I'm like, oh, that ain't going to work either. So then we go. We had one weekend basically left to get this done, and you called, and you said, hey, I got a couple good spots. We're going to go try this one because I think we got an opportunity there. Nobody's really hunted birds on it. So we checked it and ran into a patch of ticks again. I think at one point I had 48 ticks on me and like, 20 minutes. Yeah, I remember getting these Snapchats. Like, we're set up probably, I don't know, 10 yards apart or something like that. And you must have just sat in a total patch. Because, like, I had two on me, and you're sending me all these snaps, like, tick one, tick two. You're up to tick, like, 20 or something like that. I'm like, that sucks, dude. Yeah, I must have sat right in a nest or something because it was a mess. And I was, like, losing interest in this turkey thing, and I was getting frustrated. And we, uh sat there and didn't get really any activity but the next morning we heard some and then we were kind of like oh yeah this could be good couldn't get him to move 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 and so we we're like huh. we kind of got frustrated and then we kind of made a plan we were kind of going to just give up mm-hmm. and mike and i gave a plan and we we're like let's just go drive around and see if we can knock on somebody's door and see if they'll let us turkey hunt and I don't know if the good Lord was being good to us that day or what was going on there, but somebody was looking down on us because we got really lucky. We knocked on a door. Gentleman was like, ah, I usually don't let anybody hunt, but you two seem like really good guys. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had, you know, just we were respectful and just yep. talked about the situation and it was, yeah, things just tended to work out. So, I mean, like to back that story up a little bit, like, I, I've hunted Minnesota for quite a while and, um, my parents have like 30 acres and we got a couple of food plots and it's just a primo spot. So like that was number one that came into mind for me because we, you know, shot birds there in the past and they, and they roost like not very far from my parents' house. So they can, they can watch these birds. They can say, okay, they came through today and, and more often than not they do. And then, and then you just know when you can set up and, I've set up on them and understand their patterns and talking with my parents. Like it's a, it's close to a slam dunk. Like nothing's ever a slam dunk in hunting, but um, you know, like a couple of weeks before this, um, my mom wanted to Turkey hunt for the first time. And I was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. So I went out and I tried calling for her and we found these birds and they just kind of give us the slip. And you know, like I'd, I'd set up on spots and they'd, they'd get excited on the roofs and then they'd fly down. It's like they had a, they had a plan already and there's like nothing that's going to deter them from that. And it ended up where, you know, like I couldn't hunt, I couldn't call for my mom anymore, but um, it's like, okay, I'll leave my decoys and, you know, like just try and make it happen. And I mean, we knew where they roosted every night. So she ended up, you know, setting up on a, on a way to the roost but, um, and she got her bird. It was a great bird. First one. So awesome. So happy for her. But when you set up right next to where they're going to roost, like they don't like that. So then they just straight checked out. So I'm like, my parents' house is a wasteland now. So what do we do now? It's like Ramsey's got three out of four birds. He's asking me to help hunt. It's like, I need to make this happen. Yep. You know? So it's like, I'm, I'm calling my I'm calling my friends and I'm like, I've, I've got a guy that, um, we have a lake place and it's our neighbor at a lake place and he's a huge turkey hunter. They got land out there and he's showing me all these pictures of turkeys and he's got like five gobblers that come in on like a rotation. It's like when they're there, they're in your lap when they're not there, I don't know where they go. 
So it's like, okay, well, we're going to go out there and, you know, like, let's hope we hit the lottery. Let's hope they're there that day. And then, you know, like day one, it was nothing. And it was just, they were not there. So it's like, well, you know, I mean, they're usually on like a four or five day pattern. So hopefully, hopefully day two, it's like pretty much our last chance. And, you know, like, let's see what happens. We got a couple of other properties. We don't, we've never seen them before. Um, you know, I just think it's our best odds that hopefully they're there now. So then we, you know, we call and we strike them up, but they're way off in the distance. You know, it's like they're, they're a long ways off. They're likely not going to come to this property. And we call and we listen to them for a while and they're just not going to go to this property. So it's like, we get to your part of the story there where it's like, we got to do something. Let's just go knock on doors. Let's try and let's try and ask literally every neighbor that's next to this property. Like we know where the turkeys are. Let's see if we can get on them. So we like neighbor one I, was gone. So it's like, okay, we can't ask neighbor two. They are, um, you know, it's extremely nice people. Just, just, I had a great conversation with a gal, but she had a whole bunch of farm animals and she had kids and she was like, you know, I just, I just, respectfully do not she don't want you on yeah yard. chickens we, and we guineas in the yard i was like no bird no way no freaking birds are getting shot on this place. yep <laughs> yep that's not quite gonna work but but she gave us the the all-important lead it was yep. like our you know our neighbor is um you know he's got a lot he's got a lot of land and turkeys too so you might want to stop in and check so and there we are and like we walk into that that property and it's just like it's like heaven. It's like outdoorsman's heaven out there. I, I go out and I go to the garage and there's an open door and there's like a, there's like a giant caribou mount there. I'm like, okay, yep, this is pretty cool. And, yep. you know, I can hear a skid steer running in the back and, and he was, you know, he was doing some chores and stuff like that. And I just, the first thing I said to him was like, that is a sweet caribou mount. And then we just started talking and, and yeah, he, he really didn't, let a lot of people hunt, but we explained the situation and, and he's like, you're a couple of good guys. And, and you know, I'll, I'll let this happen. We've seen, you know, a couple turkeys here and there. And, uh, you know, he, he, we pulled up maps and he's like, you know, you might want to check this spot first and then head down this trail and make sure to stay, stay off the trail. Cause you know, like we save this for the, you know, it's like, um, you know, zones for deer that you just habitat, and, uh, yeah, you can, you can continue the rest of the story from here. Yeah. It was, uh, a deer hunter's paradise. He had trails cut out, set off of his tree stands. I mean, it was beautiful. Little did he tell us that he had a flock of about 30 or 40 in his backyard before we even started hunting that morning that had roosted in his backyard that weren't visible when we got there. So we got there and we got all set up and started to walk down and, I opened the gate up and let Mike through. We shut the gate and I get the box call out trying to, I was just gonna give one good yelp to see if I could get something to holler back. And next thing we know, I hadn't even barely got finished giving the first yelp and we got a bird gobbling less than 50 yards from us. So I basically dropped everything that I had except for my shotgun. Mike sets up two decoys, uh, Jake sitting on a hand we sat down at the first tree we saw. We don't even, let me tell you, we're not even like 20 yards from the guy's farmhouse. And this is all going on through his gate. <laughs> well, right I on. mean, we, we were definitely farther than that. Cause we had like, he had like his yard and then there was like a cattle yeah. deal. And then it was that first gate, but yeah. we weren't, we weren't more no. than 20 yards from that gate. No. 
Yeah, that's what I actually meant was the gate. <laughs> I mean, we had barely walked in the gate and got it shut. And I'd given the first call, and here he, he just gobbles back. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to happen already. We sat down. I gave one more quick call, and I told Mike to get the mouth call ready in case he held up or anything. And he gobbled right back, and I look over to the left of me, and he's probably, what, 10, maybe 10, 15 yards away from yeah, me. Yeah, he was no more than 15 yards yeah. at that point. And to back up a little bit, like when, when Ramsey hit that box call and he fired back at like 50 yards, his eyes were like the size of saucers. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this is seriously going to happen. Yeah. And we went into like full on scramble mode. It was like, he's not very far away. Like we got to get these decoys down. Like we didn't even think about where to put them. It was like, we literally set them right where we were at. Yep. And then we belly crawled to the nearest brush and was like, we got to get set up because this bird's going to be in our lap in a matter of seconds. Right. We didn't even have face masks on, gloves, nothing. It was like that quick. Mm-hmm. And it, that second call when he gobbled right back and he was like, coming. And then we called again. And then I just dropped everything and got the shotgun ready because I knew which direction he was coming. I just kind of got ready and I let Mike take over the calling at that point. And I'm like, as soon as he got close, I mean, he was full strut, just. 10 yards from me at that point. And he was yeah. kind of in the bushes a little bit, but I could see him like point his day. And then he just sat there in the full drum strut. Yeah. And he was spitting and drumming too. And yeah. if you've never heard that, that is quite a sound. Yeah. And it's close. It sounds like it's a, I can't even describe it. It's just, it's, it, it like hits you in your chest. You can know, you can almost feel yeah. your chest vibrate when they yeah. do that. I don't know if it's like the sound waves or whatever it is, but like, that vibration turns into just like excitement and it's, it it's wild. Like I didn't even have the gun with it. I was like shaking like a leaf at that point. Yeah. It was pretty exciting. He came in and I, I needed him to lift his head off his body. Cause I knew that I didn't want to destroy the bird cause he was so close. So I kind of whispered to Mike, Hey, call, <coughs> excuse me. I said, Hey, call again. And he wouldn't do anything. And I said, call again. About the third time, Mike called again real softly, and then he let up, and he gobbled. And he was, like, really close and gobbled, and he, like, lifted his head off. And I, as soon as he lifted his head off his body, it was boom, and it was, like, over. Yeah. And I jumped up, ran over there to make sure he didn't run away or any of that stuff, make sure I got him good. And immediately, the first thing is, like, oh, I can't believe it. And then I just kind of paused for a minute, and I just – just started thinking people in my head and just was like sat there over the bird for a minute and I know Mike saw it in my eyes and I can't even I got a little emotional I got a little bit teary-eyed because I didn't think it was going to happen and it kind of came down to the generosity of a man that didn't allow people to hunt on his property and Mm -hmm. Mike's generosity to take time away from your family at the lake and go hunt with me was, was much appreciated man and it was pretty happy man i'm pretty thankful yeah it's it's definitely a hunt that i'll never forget and one that's just super cool like i go and i you know i try and plan these podcast schedules and and stuff like that and it's like okay well we're in ice season let's talk about that we're in deer hunting season let's talk about that right after you shot that bird i'm like i am etching this one in for the first podcast we want to talk about turkey season because this is just a cool cool story yeah and i mean this is the middle of may middle end of may wasn't it yep yep and then i mean we're basically out of the hunting season all the birds have been hunted hard they really weren't gobbling and for this lone gobbler to just 
be there when we needed to. It was like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. The whole situation was just like I couldn't have scripted it any better. Yeah, it's almost surreal. It's like, you know, uh, your first couple of, well, the first bird was a little bit of a challenge. The next two, like, right in your lap real quick. But it, it just makes for a perfect story. Like, you run into your, you know, your problem and, you know, like your conflict of yeah. the of the portion of the story where it's like, okay, we got it going. This is going to happen oh no, maybe this won't happen. Like, and then you just got to really dig down deep and, you know, like use the resources at your disposable disposal and think outside the box and just it, it all came together. Yeah, it did. And it, it just, it's kind of one of those dream comes trues and I don't really have that anger at the turkey bird anymore. I just want to <laughs> go out and hunt them for fun now. And I actually really, like I said, it was never a goal to ever shoot the slam. I actually really enjoy watching, just calling birds, and it's really fun to shoot them, but it's actually more fun to call them in and watch them do their thing. And at that point, I wasn't really worrying about them doing their thing. I just wanted to get it done. I was really on focus of just making this happen. It's in-season slam and just seeing I did it and just making sure that I had the birds shot in the states. National Wild Turkey Foundation actually considers the correct states to have the species shot in. That was the most important thing for me. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to get this done, and I'm just really happy that I did and thankful to the people that allowed me to do it. So and you're one of them, so I really appreciate that. And thankful to your wife for allowing me to take you away from her on Lake Weekend. So <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely. a beautiful weekend too shout, for Lake. Shout out to the wife. I, I appreciate all the hunting you let me do. Yeah, same <laughs> with my wife. She allows me to be gone a lot and both my kids are out of the house now, so I don't have the youngsters running around, so I get a little bit more freedom, and I think she enjoys me being gone on the weekends, too, because she can do her thing, too. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yep. Happy wife, happy happy life, right? Yeah, you're 100%, 100% correct on that one. Yeah, awesome. So talk to me a little bit about how you're going to get these birds mounted. So I got a little bit of a strategy. I'm going to put them all in trees. Uh, I'm going to do different types of mounts with them. I'm going to do half struts. I'm going to do gobble. I'm going to do a full strut. I'm going to do one that's kind of like, kind of his head tucked, but he's kind of, um, I'd say three quarter strut on him. Um, the Osceola in Florida, I'm going to do him exactly how I saw him. Wasn't strutting. He's kind of walking with his head turned. So I'm going to kind of have him on a limb that way. I just kind of want to keep him all up on the, off the ground and it's easier to do it that way. And then, kind of do a little bit of different ones of them so they can all kind of sit in the corner and they look like they're all in the same tree but they're all different so but i want to make sure that i have that fan spread out so you can really see the difference in all the birds because yeah that osceola kind of looks like an eastern if you see it but it's got a black stripe that comes through the tail fan which separates it because the easterns don't have that and they have that copper but they don't have the black stripes so i really want and then the wings have black in them too so i really want to make sure you can really see the difference in all of them so Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I get them all in. I'm hoping to put them all in my office here, so I can really relive that every day. Oh, there you go, perfect. <laughs> you know, some days you just don't really feel like heading to the office, but you know, you open that door and you see them turkeys, and that's yeah. just enough to put a little more pep in your step, right? Yeah. And you did that really cool little photo picture for me that I yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. We got a there. we got a collage there. So when I, you know, when we promote this, uh, we'll we'll definitely put that out. And you can really see the difference in the birds in that collage. And I tried to keep some type of, like, monument or something that kind of gives something insignia of where I was at or where – so you can really see, like, Wyoming, I, I was next to a rock that you can – you'll notice it as soon as you see it in Devil's Tower. 
it's right in my background. So mm-hmm. No, it's Wyoming. Um, yeah, and you won't mistake that Florida bird. <laughs> no, no, you won't. And then, uh, Nebraska, you can see I'm in a flat, like basically food plot. Um, the Minnesota was May and it was green, and you could see the trees in the background. It was bright green. And, yeah, yeah, the the coloring in yeah. that photo that that's pretty cool. You can yeah. just tell like everything's bursting with life, and you know that's one of my favorite things about turkey hunting in general. Is like, you know, especially up north here when it's like snowing and you're cooped up and you haven't hunted in months and it's like to be able to get out there and see all that fresh new growth and be able to interact with it and be able to go you know chase animals in the spring there's there's just really nothing like it you know like i didn't really start turkey hunting until probably six or seven years ago and you know it just never really interested me that much you know i'd watch it on tv and the guy would call and then they'd come into the decoys and you shoot them and then yip and holler and you know it's it's exciting to see but until you actually go out and experience it, there's just, there's nothing like turkey hunting. It's yeah. so fun. Just being able to be vocal with the animals like that, like you call and then they gobble back at you and they come and strut around, put on a show, attack your decoys. Like yep. it's just, man, it's just an absolute rush. And you know, turkeys are all over the place. Like you don't have to look too hard to be able to at least find turkey somewhere yep. and have an opportunity. Yep. And I, as I say, and most of the stuff you watch on TV, you get to see the good parts. There's a lot of work involved in it. It's not as easy as people think it is. Um, it's actually being in the right spot at the right time and understanding their movement, doing a lot of scouting. You have to scout and you have to understand where the birds are going to be and where they're going to go. Uh, I say that's probably the most important part of turkey hunting is scouting and understanding where the birds are and where they're going to go. Yep. A hundred percent. Like turkey hunting, do your homework. Yep. The more homework you do, the more prepared you are, the better chance you have at success. Yep. And you know, like at Shields here, we're actually, we want to help people with that too. Like last year before, before this, before our turkey hunt, we had a goal with Ben Fleischecker, who you'd mentioned earlier in the, in the segment here, I went out with him to shoot a, a YouTube series. So we have on our Shields Outdoors YouTube channel, we have like basically the whole steps of turkey hunting from like e-scouting right away, finding areas like locating birds, how to call on the roost. I mean, and Ben was successful and we ended up even doing like how to take trophy photos. So it's oh, like start to fit. Yeah. You don't forget the trophy photos, man. That's important. <laughs> I even get a little bit of grief from Ben because I've taken care of my tail fans a little bit. Sometimes I don't take care of them quite as well as I should. And he gets on me a little bit about that. I was going to tell you too, you asked me earlier on that uh, Wyoming bird. It wasn't as much as the call as it was as me banging my hat on my lap, taking my hat off my head and slapping it on my leg to sound like wings coming out of a tree it really did it and got him really going. Okay. So it sounded like the hen was coming out of the tree and I kind of gave a little couple, about six slaps on my leg to sound like it was. That's interesting. And yeah, I think that's something that's, uh, that's a good pro tip right there. Yeah. You know, and like, especially like if you've shot a turkey before, maybe save one of them feathers or use your cap or whatever, because it just adds to that realism. It's yeah. like, okay, I, I heard a turkey call, but you know, you can't really hear anything else. You don't yep. hear any rustling. You don't hear any wings, stuff like that. But if a turkey hears the call and then what they think is f- flying down, it's yep. like, okay, yeah, they are right there. That is a turkey. And, I mean, even when you're scouting, like you're scouting the weekend before and you're li- just listening to the birds, listening to the noise they're making. I mean, they're going to tell you how to call these birds in. 
Mm-hmm. It's not overcalling. It's listening to the birds. If they're quiet, just be quiet and wait. They're going to make their appearance in the fields that you're going to be hunting. They move constantly. They're moving all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not like a deer where they come out to the field and they go back and lay down all day and then they come back. These birds move all day long, especially a tom in those certain times of the year where they're moving from 10 to 2 by themselves looking for other hens to do their whole mating ritual with. And that's when you can get the most lucky. I don't hunt roosts a lot of times just because I want, I want the show. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to just have a bird walk in and come off the roost and shoot it because they don't typically a lot of times they don't do that off the roost. But that 10 to 2, I truly believe in that 10 to 2 time. Mm-hmm. But shooting them off the roost is still fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but, pretty much any way of getting them is fun. But yeah, I agree with you too. That that ten to two time frame, just when like a lot of hands are on their nest or whatever, and yep. it's like, okay, I need to find something else. So I'm I'm roaming around. I have that mentality like I'm searching for something anyways. So yep. if you if you're giving them what you want at a time where they're receptive to that, it can be an absolutely lethal strategy. Right, and you, and just asking the questions of the landowners landowners, the farmer, the guy that's managing the ground. And they'll tell you, oh, I see birds in this corner every weekend, every night, every every other day. They'll tell you. You, you just listen to them because they're going to know if you're not there. Like, we got really lucky on our last bird. And, I mean, I, I can't tell you. And we even got invited back to hunt it again this year. And I'm looking forward to it more than anything to going to Minnesota again. Cause yeah, absolutely. Just a visit with that guy because he was so friendly and he was awesome. And he's a huge deer hunter. And I just – the stories was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like after we, after we got that bird and then, you know, taking photos on like a tree stump and, and whatnot, you know, he came back, you know, we walked up to him and he asked if we got anything, but he had that grin on his face. He's like, he was mowing his yard and he saw those pictures. <laughs> it was like, he's just trying to slow play us right away. But he, he knew right away that that bird was there. He knew right away. Like if we didn't screw it up, yep. we were going to get him. Yeah. And then the best part was is he had no idea we were trying to shoot the slam until afterwards. He just knew we were turkey hunting. Yeah. And then we told him afterwards what we were really trying to do, and he's like, oh, man, that's really cool. So and I, I just really thankful, and just his generosity is what made this happen, and just shows there's a lot of good people in this world still, and we need to be thankful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ramsey, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing that epic story of yours. And uh you can be turkey hunting this year again. You gonna oh, try the yeah. slam again? No, I, there's an opportunity, but I'm gonna try to get back for my bears. I really want to get a bear, so I'm gonna try. I'm not. Don't count me wrong. I'm gonna shoot a couple three per, turkey birds this year. I can't. I can't not do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you and got, I have an you appointment got the together. Edge. Yeah, we do have one appointment. Yep, and you're first this time. All that right, was, that, that was the deal. Perfect, and and I'm gonna get the camera this time. You know, I I actually did have the camera with. But um, it, it was way too fast. I was like, at this point, like, I'm not going to ruin Ramsey's opportunity at an in-season slam just so I can get it on camera. I like, wasn't going to let you. <laughs> yeah. It was going to happen right here. I mean, we were making it happen. Oh, love it. So. I really appreciate you for having me on the show here. And uh, I really appreciate your friendship and partnership in that hunt. And uh, hopefully we have some more stories to tell. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. And, you know, season's around the corner. We're going to get ready, and hopefully we can uh, – you know, make it back to that piece and make it happen again. This time I am going to try and get it on video though. So we can share it on our YouTube channel. Hopefully this time we can get two to come in and we can get a double. There we go. Just double up right there. That'd be be perfect. So stay tuned, Ramsey. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. You just heard our conversation with Shields expert Ramsey Mills on the story of his in-season turkey slam. 
Now, turkey season is coming up. It's time to start thinking about applying or getting all your gear in order. And if you need anything for that turkey season, stop by your local Shields or visit us online at shields.com. And with that, we want to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.